and welcome to the Takeaway Podcast, where we cover the NBA and the NFL every single week, bringing you the most up-to-date news across both leagues, for both sports nerds and newcomers alike. I'm your host, Jihan Lee, and today we will be covering my picks for the Yaboy Pizza Survivor Pool, my reactions to week one of the NFL, and specifically we will be going in-depth of the Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks week one game. So before we get into my week one survival pool pick, let me explain what it exactly is. So if you are unaware of the YouTuber, your boy Pizza, he is an NFL creator or NFL, uh, you know, Madden creator, and he has a survival pool uh, on YouTube. And it's basically where you pick a team uh, every single week. But the catch is that if you pick a team, you cannot pick that team for the rest of the week. And every single time that team wins, then you get to move on to the next week. If your team loses, then you are eliminated. And I just wanted to kind of go in depth. Obviously, week one is already finished, but I did make my pick beforehand. I just wanted to go through my thought process and how I made it, and then also going into my week two pick. And hopefully we'll be seeing this go on and continue for the maybe the rest of the entire NFL season and hopefully we can get all the way to week 18 but uh if not we will just be able to see how far we are able to go and uh, I wanted to basically document my journey and how I kind of went around went about deciding who I wanted to pick so week one is kind of hard to pinpoint exactly which teams you should be picking um, and obviously there are some teams that we know are good, obviously seeing from last season, but obviously there are a lot of teams that have made trades or draft picks that will drastically change the course of their season. And coming into week one, it's kind of hard to pinpoint exactly where each of these teams stands. So initially, um, I just looked at the very first game, which was the Rams and the Bills. And... To be completely honest, it was really hard to choose a team between those two because obviously the Buffalo Bills, as I mentioned in our last episode, uh, were my picks for the team to come out of the AFC and then the Rams were my pick to come out of the NFC and to have them in week one, it was really, really hard for me to choose one. So I just decided to stay away from that matchup. Going on to the Lions and Eagles was kind of hard to choose again. Um, obviously, the Eagles made a whole bunch of trades. They were able to get A.J. Brown. You know, Jalen Hurts is coming in. The defense was revamped with new picks. But I wasn't confident in making that pick for the Philadelphia Eagles. And without going in further with all the other picks, I guess the most prominent ones that were picked were the 49ers and Bears games, which obviously is a surprising win for the Chicago Bears. But for me, initially, it was hard for me to pick 49ers. And the fact that uh, Trey Lance is coming in, it's really his first time starting, uh, you know, as the starting QB. Obviously, he's played uh, games before, but this is his first game really being the starting quarterback in week one of their season. And it kind of resulted, um, and that kind of scared me uh, away from really choosing the 49ers and being confident in choosing them. Um, the other ones was the Colts and Texans. Um, not in the sense that the Colts were a bad team and that I wasn't sh- I wasn't sure of them, but 
I had them going on and making up a huge playoff run. So I really wanted to save them for later on in the weeks. The other ones was the Ravens and Jets. I feel like that was a very easy pick to have, but very similar to the Colts. I knew that the Baltimore Ravens, or at least my guess is that they're going to be good. So I wanted to save the Ravens for later on um, throughout uh, the NFL season. Uh, that kind of same mindset was with the uh, Minnesota Vikings and Green Bay Packers and the Chargers and Raiders. And the final two games I looked at before making my initial pick, or I guess the last three, uh, were Cowboys and Buccaneers because uh, very similar to the Ravens and the Jets games and the Colts and the Texans games, I really wanted to save the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for later on. I did predict them winning. And then the Cowboys, I thought that they were going to be good, but now that Dak Prescott is injured, it's kind of hard to see how far they will be able to go um, without him. And when he does, if he does return earlier than expected, um, how healthy is he going to be? And then the final one is going to be the Seahawks and Broncos. We'll go a little more in depth of the game itself, but seeing that, you know, Russell coming back to Seattle in his first game. You have Nathaniel Hackett as the new OC. And it's really their first time playing together on, I guess you could say, a big stage because it's a homecoming game for Wilson. Um, so I really wasn't confident in saying the Broncos would win because on paper the Broncos are significantly a more talented team than Seattle Seahawks. But seeing how much there was at stake. And also, I did want to save the Denver Broncos for later on in the week, or later on in the season. I, init I didn't choose them for week one. Now, the team that I did choose for week one was none other than the New Orleans Saints. Now, the reason why I chose them was they were going up against the Atlanta Falcons, which are not a very talented team, especially after they traded away uh, Matt Ryan and the Cowboys really not being able to play this season. The offensive options for them um, are outside of Kyle Pitts and Drake London aren't very good, to be completely honest and blunt about it. And you do have people that can cover both of those guys. You have, you know, Marshawn Lattimore. You do have uh, DeMario Davis in the middle linebacker position. And there are two safeties that are there to cover Kyle Pitts, and then you have to take into account that the quarterback is Marcus Mariota, who is, you know, a serviceable quarterback, but not someone who will dot you up uh, throughout the entire game. And then the running backs are, you know, outside of Cordell Patterson, who do you really have? And the fact that you have uh, Davenport, you have Jordan on that D-line, it's really hard to see the Saints, as from a defensive standpoint, you know, lose them the game. If anything, it's going to be from the offense. Now, the biggest surprise for me was how well the Falcons did. Um, but also was Michael Thomas coming back from injury and having him come down with two touchdowns in the end zone and having them win in a one-point game, which me personally was really nervous watching, as obviously they were my pick for week one. But um, now that we've been able to pick them, or at least now that I've been able to pick them and then they were able to move on and win, I'm able to move on to week two. And this is really where I want to start 
our discussion. Now, week two, having we have a little bit of information coming from week one, obviously, and it's really, really interesting to see the matchups that we have this season, or uh, not this season, for week two. Um, the very first game uh, is going to be on the 15th, so it's going to be recorded and uploaded the day beforehand, um, and that's the Charge and the Chiefs. Both those teams, I believe, are going to be really, really strong. It's going to be a really, really important game for both teams. But I don't think that anyone should be picking between these two teams for Week 2. You should probably stay away from this. It's hard to say who will win. And you probably want to be saving these two for later on in the season. The next game is the Carolina Panthers and the New York Giants. Um, the Panthers did lose to the Cleveland Browns, um, and the Giants did win, but it's kind of a toss-up between the two of who's the better team. Um, if I had to make a pick, it would be the Carolina Panthers. Well, I guess I can make my pick for the Chargers and Chiefs game as well. Um, I would say, oh, that's kind of tough. The Chargers did beat the Raiders, and they looked pretty good. They looked really good. But the Kansas City Chiefs did blow out the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I think for now, I think the Chiefs will win this game. And when they come back to re for a rematch, I think the Chargers will win that game. But we'll see. We'll make, I'm like that official pick later on when it does happen. So Chiefs, I think we'll win this matchup. And then the Panthers will win this matchup. But I'm not confident enough to go ahead and select my pick uh, for the survival cool um moving on is the patriots and the steelers now steelers barely came away with a win against the cincinnati Bengals, so they look pretty good um obviously defensively but now that they've lost tj watt and Najee harris with an ankle injury uh it's hard to say that they will be able to uh i'm not confident enough that they will be able to uh beat the patriots like i'm not saying that they won't because I still do think that the Steelers will come away with a win. Uh, Mr. Brisky looks uh, really good as like a game manager. He didn't really turn over the ball that much. Um, but I don't see them as a safe pick this week. Um, now, the next game is the Buccaneers and the Saints. Um, I already picked the Saints, so I personally cannot pick them. But it's hard to say for this one, because on paper, the Buccaneers have a better team. But the Saints have been beating Tom Brady when he's on the Buccaneers recently. So I think it is a toss-up. But if for those who haven't picked up the Saints, I would choose the Buccaneers over the Saints. Um, Tom Brady, kind of, I, I would assume he would want a revenge game against the Saints for all the times that he has lost to them. Um, but uh, I personally am not confident enough to go ahead and pick them. Plus, I do want to save the Buccaneers for later on in the season. For that same reasoning the next game is the new york jets and the cleveland browns now if they did have deshaun watson i would say browns are a very very safe pick to go for however because they don't and it is jacoby Brissett, uh, this is one of those games where it's really hard where both the teams aren't necessarily good and it's kind of a toss up between the two if i had to choose i would say the browns um because of the run game with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, and then you have Miles Garrett, uh, Denzel Ward on the defensive end. 
Um, but I'm not confident enough, and I don't see it as a safe pick over the Jets. We have the Dolphins and the Ravens. Um, and both of these teams look really, really good. Mark Jackson looks like he is throwing the ball really, really well. Shad Bateman, now as the number one receiver, he looks, you know, serviceable. He looks pretty good. Um, the Dolphins look really, really good with, you know, Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, and Tua as well. But um, if I had to pick, I would pick the Dolphins over the Ravens for this game. But seeing as they're really both really, really good teams, and I think that it's going to be pretty close. I would, I'm, I personally am going to stay away from that matchup as well. Now we have the Washington Commanders and the Detroit Lions. Um, the Commanders did win against the Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Jaguars, although it was a close game. But the Lions did come out and drop a 30-piece on the Philadelphia Eagles. I think, this may be a hot tape, I think the Lions are going to get their first win against the Commanders this, this week. But I'm not confident enough to make that pick um, again. Then we have the Colts and the Jaguars, and this is one game that I'm, you know, giving some thought to picking. Um, the Colts look really, really good, you know, aside from the field goal miss uh, from Blankenship, and the Jaguars aren't some, you know, world beaters. Um, and the Colts, I am predicting to make the playoffs, and the Jaguars aren't, so I do see them winning. Plus, I do think the Colts want to get a revenge game for them losing to them last time or last season and missing out on the playoffs. So I, I'm looking for this game. I do predict the Colts are winning, and this may be my pick, but let's go in-depth with the other games as well. The next game is the Atlanta Falcons and the LA Rams. Normally, I would easily pick the LA Rams. I think no questions asked, you can go ahead and pick that as your pick. However, what concerns me is what we saw in week one against the Buffalo Bills. That can be a testament to how good the Buffalo Bills played against the Rams, but it also could be some of the problems that Matt Stafford may have in his elbow. And that does concern me um, in the sense that Outside of Cooper Cup, you don't really have any options. We did think, uh, at least I did personally, that Allen Robinson would be able to step into that OBJ kind of role and give Stafford a second option, but he didn't really do much that first game against the Bills. So I'm not completely confident enough to go ahead and pick them against the Falcons. Uh, and so, I although I do have them winning, seeing... What we did see in week one, I'm not confident enough to go ahead and pick them uh, for week two. Moving on to the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. I have the 49ers winning. Um, however, Trey Lance uh, looked kind of out of his element, to be completely honest. Although it was a rainy day, so we can obviously blame it on weather. But the Seahawks are coming off of a really, really, really big win for them. And the Niners off of a really bad loss. So both of these teams are coming in looking to win this game. And seeing as they're division rivals, it's going to be a little bit more uh, intense. Um, but on paper, the 49ers are a much better team. So I do have them winning. 
but it is not confidently um, as I would hope to be. If it is Jimmy Garoppolo starting, then 100% I would be picking the 49ers. But with Trey Lance, I am kind of wary to pick them for week two. Next is the Houston Texans and the Denver Broncos. And I think this is um, a pretty easy pick and before week one. But after seeing them lose to the Seattle Seahawks, uh, this could be a potential loss as well for the Broncos. Although I do have them winning, what we saw from week one can uh, maybe, you know, uh, push away some people from picking them for this week two matchup. Um, but I do think that the Broncos will win. They'll come together. They'll figure out what they did wrong. Um, they would have beaten the Seattle Seahawks if not for two goal line fumbles, which we'll get into later on in the podcast. But I do have the Broncos winning that game. Now we have the Arizona Cardinals and the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, the Cardinals looked really bad against the Kansas City Chiefs, to say the least. They were blown out completely. They weren't able to um, put an offense together. Uh, you know, without DeAndre Hopkins, obviously you don't have that elite receiver uh, for Murray to throw to. And uh, Devontae Adams is that number one receiver alongside Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller on the offensive end. Uh, they look really, really good. So I do have the Las Vegas Raiders winning them, winning this matchup. And um, I think this can be a relatively safe pick as well. And then we have the Cincinnati Bengals and the Dallas Cowboys. With Dak Prescott's injury, I do think the Cincinnati Bengals can take this very, very easily. Um, I think this can be a very safe pick for the survival pool as well. It just depends on which teams you want to save or which teams you did pick in week one. Um, and I think that also goes for the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. Although the Packers did not look very good offensively. The Bears coming off of a really, really big win for them against the 49ers. No one, I don't think no one outside of the Chicago Bears organization saw that win coming. Um, so I do think that the Chicago Bears are going to be coming in with a little more... Um, confidence with a little more moxie into this game obviously we did see Aaron Rodgers say I still own you and so we will really be able to see this matchup um this division rivals matchup um but I do have the Grimby Packers winning this game but it is not a very confident pick uh now to our final two teams or final two matchups we have the Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills obviously I have the Buffalo Bills uh, coming out of the AFC, and I do have them winning this game as well. Uh, the Titans did lose a very, very close game to the Giants. Um, so I don't think that they're like, you know, a top, you know, or a bottom 10 team. Um, but they don't look the best right now. Uh, some of the calls that were made, um, you know, with the uh, tight end, handoff around the edge when you do have Derrick Henry uh, were questionable, but I just think all around the Buffalo Bills are a much better team, and I do think that they will beat the Tennessee Titans uh, in Week 2. Our final game is going to be the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles, and this matchup is uh, really surprising, honestly. Um, not in the sense that, you know, why these, teams are, these, these two teams are going to be playing each other, but in the fact that both of these two teams look 
pretty good after week one. Um, the Eagles offensively, now that they have A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, and you have Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts, it looks like they have an offensive identity where we're able to run the ball and we're able to throw the ball to A.J. Brown and the other receivers and have a defense that can compete in the NFL. And so it looks like the Philadelphia Eagles will make some noise in the NFC and potentially if Jalen Hurts can be a quarterback that can lead them, they can make a deep playoff run this season. Minnesota Vikings uh, also, they look pretty, pretty good against the Green Bay Packers. They were able to uh, hold them to, uh, you know, not a lot of points, to be completely honest. They were able to hold the Packers to seven points. And for, you know, Aaron Rodgers to only score once uh, with his offense is kind of surprising against, uh, you know, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, but Justin Jefferson was able to explode, and he is making a statement for the best uh, receiver um, this season. Um, so uh, it's really hard to say, but I think that I'm going to pick the Philadelphia Eagles over the Minnesota Vikings for week two. Now, for my official pick, um, obviously the picks aren't going to be locked in until the 18th. So I do have some time to change it. Um, you know, we can see maybe some injuries do occur during practice. Some things can be announced. But I think for right now, I'm going to be picking the Las Vegas Raiders over the Arizona Cardinals for my week two pick. Um, I do think that the Arizona Cardinals, without DeAndre Hopkins, uh, they look a little out of their element defensively. Um, and then the Raiders look really, really good offensively, although they did lose to the Chargers. Um, I feel pretty confident that they can beat the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and... I think it's going to be kind of hard for them to, at least in my point, or at least in my view, to for me to confidently pick them later on in the season. Um, uh, you know, seeing as who is in their division uh, and who they will be playing. So I think this is a pretty safe pick for the Raiders. Um, and then I do want to save some of the other teams for later on throughout the uh, NFL season. Um, now let's go and talk about some key games uh, throughout week one. And I think we should start with opening day, which is the LA Rams and the Buffalo Bills. Now, um, these were two of obviously my Super Bowl picks and the Buffalo Bills look really, really, really good. They still don't have Tredavia White, but they were still able to um, come out with their rookies, um, you know, Kyra Elam, and although he did share snaps uh, with the sixth-round rookie, um, uh, I'm blanking on his name right now, um, but uh, they do look really, really good right now. Um, you know, offensively, they're hitting on all cylinders. Gabriel Davis um, came out with the very first touchdown of the 
uh, NFL season. And obviously, Stefan Diggs uh, is uh, coming out and really, really solidifying himself again as a top receiver in this league. Uh, okay, so his name was his name is Christian Benford, and he's the sixth round pick, the cornerback for the Buffalo Bills. So he was able to share time uh, with uh, Kyra Elam at that cornerback spot, and they did look uh, pretty good as well. But um, I think the biggest uh, I guess uh, factor for their win I, is Von Miller, uh, his leadership, his impact defensively on that game. Uh, really really showed and uh that i guess super bowl experience that he is bringing to this team i think will really really help out um not only the defense but also with josh allen and the offense as well and just giving a mindset uh for them uh from the beginning of the season and having them beat obviously the super bowl champs in the la rams i think gives them a lot of confidence to execute uh, throughout the rest of this uh, NFL season. Um, as for the LA Rams, uh, as I did mention before, Stafford looks like it looks like for him that the um, elbow injury is um, maybe debilitating him in some form, some way. Obviously, as a viewer, I can't pinpoint exactly what that problem is. Um, but I think the biggest news would be that uh, offensively, outside of Cooper Cup, um, there isn't a lot of playmakers, not a lot of um, options for them. Uh, we obviously OBJ going out with an ACL injury um, was a problem, um, but Alan, they I think the Rams saw Allen Robinson as that player for them, but he wasn't able to uh, execute uh, that game plan. Um, Another thing that I did not see um, would be such a huge uh, problem for the Rams is the loss of Andrew Whitworth, uh, the left tackle. Um, He was that leader. He was leader on that offensive line. To have him, you know, leave um kind of i think it did show um well obviously with the pressure but um you know for um uh, matthew stafford but also in the sense that to leave that offensive line and to make calls and to just be a leader in that locker room i think uh it just gives it it shows a testament to what a leader Whitworth was for that team and so um I don't want to overreact to this week one game uh but I do think that they potentially the NFC could be open for another team to be uh to enter into that Super Bowl conversation and I don't think that the LA Rams are a lock for that um obviously Super Bowl uh spot um i think on like a handful of teams can now slot into that position uh you have the tampa bay buccaneers uh and obviously they were uh the super bowl champs uh a couple just a couple years ago i think 
the Eagles potentially could make a run as well. And I think a dark horse pick could um, also be the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Um, that could, obviously, I don't see them winning, but um, throughout the season, we'll be able to confirm that um, and see how well they do perform. Um, another game that I do want to talk about is the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots. Uh, I don't want to go in too in depth uh, with the Patriots, um, you know, uh, with Mac Jones and with, uh, that offense and that Matthew Judon and the defense, but more of I really want to talk about um, the Miami Dolphins in the sense that you have Mike McDaniels, who is coming in as the new head coach, and then Tyree Kill coming in. Um, for that offense alongside Toronto Armstead. And the reason why I wanted to talk about specifically the Miami Dolphins is I wanted to compare it to the uh, Seattle Seahawks and the Denver Broncos. Now, the reason why I want to do this is you're bringing in two new head coaches to two different environments. Uh, one is coming in with a new quarterback who has to learn a new system while you have a quarterback in two of them that has already been on that team. Obviously, this is just week one, and the situations are completely different, but I just do want to compare that where, um, obviously, the situation isn't the only reason why one team won and one team lost. I've seen different head coaches and different environments, but I do really just want to talk about how um, having some structure in place uh, can really go a long way for a team where you don't have to figure everything out in the middle of the season where you can build upon the foundation that you already have, the structure you already have in place uh, throughout the season. And instead of fixing things that come up, you can work on things and uh, uh, refine things throughout the season and I think it really showed um, in this uh, matchup between Miami and New England where Tua re looked in his element that you're able to build a team and offense around his skill set where you have someone like Tyreek Hill who can play make who has a second option in Jalen Waddle you have two running backs in Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert who are dynamic coming out of that backfield. And then you have an offensive line that can protect your quarterback. I think it really, really shows that Mike McDaniel has got his first win as a head coach, and he is a really, really good head coach. Although we haven't seen him, uh, obviously, in a very tight game and how he's going to play call and manage the clock and manage the game. But coming out of week one, I would be uh, ecstatic to be a Miami Dolphins fan, seeing how this team is coming out week one with confidence, with poise, with, with gutsy play calls as well at the very uh, end of that second uh, quarter uh, where they're able to throw one down the, on, off a slant to Jalen Waddle in the middle and he's able to break away for a touchdown. Um, it just seems like this team is coming together and they're able to, uh, they're, I think they're able to push for um, a playoff spot. Obviously, I don't see them winning the division as they share um, 
the division with uh, the Buffalo Bills. But uh, I think it looks like there is light at the end of the tunnel for the Dolphins. And it will really, really test Tua this season to see if he will be a franchise quarterback for them. Um, the final game I want to talk about before we get to the South Seahawks and the Broncos game is the Arizona Cardinals and the Kansas City Chiefs game. Um, obviously, um, the Chiefs are a really good team. I don't think that that's a question. But um, the question that's coming into this week one matchup was, how does this offensive offense look without Tyreek Hill? And it looks good it looks good uh you have obviously you still have travis kelsey and uh, patrick mahomes but the playmakers that they have at each position that can fill a specific role for them you have like mccall hardman you have sky Moore, who are, you know deep threats alongside mvs but then you have someone like juju who is like a slot receiver, and then you have a dynamic, or you have a, a plethora, a handful of running backs who are able to uh, catch the ball and run the ball in situations, whether it's at the goal line or in the midfield. They're able to break away for uh, huge runs for them. Just shows this team is, I think, more dynamic now that they don't have Tyreek Hill and they don't have to rely on him as much. Are we able to see Mahomes distribute the ball across the field, whether it's on the ground, whether it's through the air, or whether it's using his own legs? And I do think that the Chiefs are still a top team. And they could definitely make a Super Bowl run and pass the Buffalo Bills. Um, But it just it really, really, really shows how well this team is coached with Andy Reid. And he's able to make really creative calls on the goal line. And they're able to execute that perfectly. And so, um, obviously, this is just week one. But I could potentially change my pick to the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, away from the Buffalo Bills for my AFC Super Bowl pick. Um, but as of right now, I do have the Buffalo Bills going. And so I don't want to change that as of yet. But um, we will see. We will see uh, throughout the season. We'll obviously see in week two against the Chargers and how well they play. Uh, So I'm really, really looking forward to the week two matchup between those two teams. But finally, we have come to the last game of week one, and that is none other than the Seattle Seahawks and the Denver Broncos. Now this game, for me personally, is a... Huge game, being obviously being a Seattle fan, but also a Russell Wilson fan. Um, and so this was a, um, I guess it is a happy game for me, obviously, for the Seattle Seahawks. But um, obviously a disappointment for the Denver Broncos and for Russell Wilson. Um, I don't think, in my personal opinion, that this loss is Russell Wilson's fault. Um, the two fumbles um, that were on the goal line with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams are not on Russell Wilson because obviously he's not the one that's fumbling the ball. He's not the one carrying the ball. Um, And the 
call to go for the 64-yard field goal at the end of the game is not Russell Wilson's fault. He is not the play caller. However, he is the starting quarterback. And just because a call is made doesn't mean that you have to blindly follow it. And I'm not saying that's what Wilson did. However, that does mean that Russell Wilson does bear some responsibility for the calls that are made. The reason why I want to mention the two um, goal line plays is it's not a single back formation where uh, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams are able to gain momentum as they're running uh, towards the end zone, but instead it's just they're able they're, they're only taking a couple of steps before they're able to get the ball decipher the line and figure out which hole to go through and with enough momentum those fumbles may have turned into touchdowns um obviously that play call that decision is on the coaching staff with Nathaniel Hackett and the offensive coordinator but some of that responsibility does come on Wilson's shoulders as well now for the final play of the game which I think everyone is looking to as reason why they lost the game I don't think that is the case I think it is the two fumbles that they have on the goal line but that last play call is still important as well even if you do have those fumbles which are out of your control at that point you still need to execute down the stretch and you have fourth and five and you have about a minute left on the clock with three timeouts but instead of going calling it their first timeout and going for it on fourth and five and getting a kickable field goal, they run the clock down to 20 seconds and then attempt a 64 yarder. Now, in my personal opinion, you should just immediately call that timeout, whether you're going for it or whether you're going for the field goal. Um, because you can really break down is a 64 field 64 yard field goal really what you want it's if if that field goal is made that's the second longest field goal made in nfl history and so are you really hinging your chances on that in week one in a hostile environment in seattle if if i was that coach no i wouldn't i would if let's go for it on fourth and five i'll leave it in russell wilson's hands if we get it we get it that's great we, we'll get a shorter field goal we can win the game off of that but if we don't get it oh well we gave it to our bet we we just had it in the hand we let it in the hands of our best player in our quarterback and russell wilson if we didn't get it we didn't get it now russell wilson had obviously not a a phenomenal game but he did have a good game he obviously did miss some of the deep passes some of them were dropped jerry judy missed a crucial catch down the stretch as well which would have given them a first down but um i think it just shows that russell wilson and Daniel hackett haven't completely meshed uh together and are on the same page with one another and that will happen when both of you guys are coming from two completely different places to a new team and 
obviously for Nathaniel Hackett is his first time really being a head coach or first time being a head coach and making these calls at the end of a game in week one, to say the least. Um, and so I do think that Nathaniel Hackett is to blame for the reason why they lost this game. Um, but Wilson is not exempted from that blame at all. I think it's probably maybe 70-30, 80-20 to Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson. But um, I think it is a big blow, a big loss, not only for the Denver Broncos, but especially for ooh, especially for Russell Wilson. Now, for the Seattle Seahawks, Pete Carroll coached this team extremely well this game. Um, and Geno Smith looks like a serviceable quarterback. He was perfect in that first half, uh, maybe missing one or two throws throughout the entire uh, first half. Um, and uh, our defense looked pretty solid, to say the least. Um, we did lose Jamal Adams. Um, hopefully he can come back soon. Um, but Lieutenant Nwosu gave pressure to Russell Wilson. Love seeing that. Shelby Harris uh, on our defensive line looked amazing. Um, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, obviously they're going to do their thing. Um, and Charles Cross, I feel like, obviously he did give up um, a couple sacks to uh, Chubb. But I love what I saw from... Charles Cross, and shout out to Abraham Lucas as well off that, uh, you know, on that right side. Um, I really, really enjoyed what I saw from the Seattle Seahawks and what they were able to execute and what they were able to bring to this week one matchup. And obviously I don't see them making the playoffs, but um, being a Seattle Seahawks man is great to come away with a week one victory. Now, um, I'm going to make a little bit of an announcement here at the end of the podcast. This episode is actually coming out on Wednesday for those obviously seeing it as it comes out. And I think I want to continue making these episodes uh, come out on Wednesdays rather than Saturdays. Um, It gives me some time to, you know, react to what's happened throughout week one of the NFL season. But it also um, allows me to, you know, give me time to react to uh the weeks the next week's games before they're actually played uh and so um i also want to apologize for missing last week on saturday but i think i want to go forward with uploading them on wednesdays now and so uh i think i want to just announce that here at the end of the episode so i'll see you guys next week on wednesday I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Stay positive, stay motivated, and peace out.